Welcome to the Princeton LaxCast. I'm Jerry Price. I'm joined by Princeton head women's coach, Jen Cook. Jen, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me today, Jerry. How you feeling? Feeling good, you know, middle of the season, getting ready for some big games coming up with two games a week moving forward for a good amount of time. So excited for the opportunities ahead. Do you like playing the two games in a week? It is. It's it is great playing two games a week. Um, you have to be really structured with, you know, your practice plan and kind of what you're preparing your players with. And so um, it really is kind of back to back to back to back um, in terms of just being ready to slowly start putting in things that the other team does and teach those a little bit earlier um, so that you're prepped throughout the week so that you're not overloading information. Um, so we like to kind of stretch it out when we have um, these type of weeks. Well, just for the record, it goes uh, St. Joe's at St. Joe's Wednesday at four o'clock. Columbia home Saturday at 3.30-ish. It's the second game of the doubleheader with uh, the men against Syracuse at noon. Then it's Wednesday, Saturday again with a pair of home games against Loyola Wednesday, Brown Saturday. Wednesday, Penn at Penn. Saturday, Dartmouth at home. And then a week off, actually eight days off before Harvard in the regular season finale. So a lot of lacrosse to be played. Uh, Your team... We haven't spoken since the Maryland game. Uh, what was it like to play against Marge Donovan? It was great. You know, it, it's so awesome to see Marge thriving um, at Maryland now in, in her graduate year and just seeing her play and have the opportunity to play out her remaining eligibility um, because of COVID is is just been incredible to see. Um, I was actually the individual that kind of helped guide her through that process and and really thinking about her wanting to take that graduate year and play and and have the opportunity you know she's a player that really loves the game um and it's just really apparent when she plays and so I was happy to see her take that fifth year in order to go to graduate school and it's exciting to watch her play on the other side of the field um as an opponent and I know you know, when we were matching up against her on the draw, it was always fun for our players to go up against her. And and Kari got the best of her a couple times on the draw circle, which was funny to see. Um, but it was great. It was awesome seeing her play at a high level. What about the rest of the game? Your team got down early, made a nice comeback, uh, fought pretty hard until the end. What are some of the takeaways you get from that game? You know, I think we executed some pieces really, really well, specifically on the defensive end. Um, we made some adjustments at the beginning of the second quarter. Um, I think there were some really great players that went in for us. You know, Dylan Allen went in and really handled their low feeder well. Um, so there were definitely positives. You know, you look at that third and fourth quarter against Maryland, they only scored three goals against us. We we really had some good lockdown defensive sets. Um, evened out the draw in particular, broke even on the draw, which was awesome against the talented Maryland squad. And then on the offensive end, I think we've, we've talked about it all week, especially with coach Karen Maurer, like really just putting away the ball um, and really citing the cage and looking at where your goalie is playing you and predicting where the ball is going and, and not always being super predictable with your shot and, and having better shot selection basically. Um, but overall, I think, it was a momentum builder for us to see um, how well we did in, in terms of, you know, playing our style and really playing with a ton of heart and grit and really doing the pieces that we needed to do to really stop Maryland's high powered offense. And 
Um, so there were a ton of positive takeaways from that game, which was exciting to see. And that's what you want at this time in the year is really using that game as a catalyst, right? You, you got to play the best in order to be the best. And that's the type of team you're going to see hopefully in postseason. And, um, you know, I think we, we definitely rose to the occasion and, um, it was, it was great to see they played with so much heart and grit and they really did play tiger lacrosse, which was awesome to see. Is there anybody else uh, from that game who stood out to you? Um, you know, I think our our Jamie McDonald had an incredible BTB shot. I just think it's so obvious that she's played Canadian box lacrosse. Um, you know, I think there were just some standouts. I thought Ellie did well in the draw for us. Um, you know, I thought Kari had a good game through the midfield. I thought um you know, we actually moved Sophie White Bay back to D when we were running a certain defensive system. And I thought that was impactful because of her height and athleticism. Um, you know, I, I think overall, though, holistically, the the shining part of that game really was the lockdown defense that we had in the, the third and the fourth. So looking ahead to this week, it's as we mentioned before, it's St. Joe's Wednesday at four o'clock in the afternoon, if I'm correct. That's correct, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, Columbia Saturday and the second game of the doubleheader at Sherrod Field. Let's talk a little bit about St. Joe's. If you just look at the stats, kind of mm -hmm. similar teams, similar save percentages, similar in that uh, sort of balanced offenses with five goal scorers on each team in double figures, uh, similar shooting percentages. Uh, you know, maybe the only difference really is that Princeton takes a few more shots per game than St. Joe's does. But basically across the board, it looks like fairly similar in terms of uh, statistically, at least. Uh, what do you see from them as you start your preparations? It's interesting. I think our schedule just kind of worked out the way that it did. Um, interestingly enough, the two assistants that are on St. Joe's staff are recent Maryland grads, so they run very similar sets to Maryland. So our prep last week kind of ties right into our early prep this week. For St. Joe's, they run a ton of similar offensive sets. They are, you know, strong, good at dodging, really are scrappy. So it's going to be a great matchup for us, um, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So I really think the prep that we did last week for Maryland will play a huge role in um, our preparation this week leading into Wednesday's game. And then Saturday, Columbia, uh, it's the next Ivy League challenge. Have you heard from Bob Serace yet about this game? I have not heard from Bob, but it'll be exciting that he'll be able to watch his daughter play on 1952 field. Um, an Ivy matchup is always going to be a good game. It's an exciting time, um, you know, as we move into more of a heavier Ivy schedule as we move through April. Um, so we're looking forward to the challenge on, on Wednesday and on Saturday in particular. And uh, after uh, our conversation, we'll be speaking with Megan Kern, a senior on the women's lacrosse team, and just talk a little bit about Megan. You know, it's really incredible seeing Megan's growth from freshman year all the way through senior year. She comes every single day super focused and ready to go and grow in her game and make her teammates better and herself better. Um, and she plays a huge role for us. I think she's a leader by example and, and the way she approaches practice in the game and our team culture is incredible. Um, she gives every single day, not only to herself, but to her team. And she really is a selfless leader for us. And, you know, Meg's leadership this year has been invaluable and she has had minutes off the bench for us and she plays a key role. And, 
we're excited to see her continued growth throughout the spring. Well, uh, Jen, one thank you for taking some time to be with us here and wish you luck against St. Joe's and Columbia. We'll talk to you next week. Great. Thanks, Sherry. That's head coach Jen Cook. We'll take a short break and come back and hear from uh, senior Megan Curran. You are listening to the Tiger Laxcast. At Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital Hamilton, we have a passion for heart health with leading specialists in the diagnosis and treatment of all cardiac conditions. Healthy Lives Hamilton, an on-site heart failure intervention program. A partnership with Rutgers Health, the latest technology in medical advancements and nationally renowned care for every heart in every one of our communities. Whoever your heart beats for, our hearts beat for you. Let's be healthy together. Visit rwjbh.org heart. Princeton Laxcast is presented by Lawrenceville Home Improvement. Spring is here, so now is the best time to plan your windows, doors, or siding project. Give Lawrenceville Home Improvement a call at 609-882-6709 for your free estimate on the highest quality products with superior installation practices. When it's time to improve your home's appearance and energy efficiency, remember Lawrenceville Home Improvement, windows, doors, and siding. Find them on the web or visit their showroom today. Back here on the Princeton LaxCast, I'm Jerry Price. I'm joined by Princeton senior Megan Curran. Megan, welcome aboard. Hi, thank you, Jerry. Nice to talk to you. It's a it's a pleasure to talk to you, and I love to talk to all the seniors on the uh, on the team just to get their perspectives on how the season's going and on their own uh, experiences that they're having at Princeton. But just uh, before we get into talking about you specifically, uh, just what do you think of where your team is now? Uh, games this week against uh, St. Joe's and Columbia, and uh, you know got the big Ivy League win against Cornell a week ago and, and had the game against Maryland. So uh, just give me a sense of where you think the team is at this point. Yeah, I mean, the game against Maryland, even though we didn't win, it was a really good, hard-fought game. And I think it showed our team what we were capable of. So I think despite it not being the result that we wanted, I think we'll be able to uh, use that win and, and what we did wrong and what we did right to uh, guide our focus for the next two games and uh really pull out try to pull out wins over the next two and bounce back from this uh this past game what do you think of the win over cornell going back a little bit but um the the idea that you guys were down big in the beginning and came back and won the game yeah i i thought was i thought that was really great i mean it's always been a focus this season like we're trying to uh be more of a 60 minute team and not uh, fall in the beginning of the game. That's kind of been a problem we've had. And I think, um, but I think our ability to bounce back has been huge. I mean, we we're down by four and ended up winning by four. And I think that um, says a lot about the resilience of this team. And uh, just, kind of, I thought like, kind of like the energy of that game was really, really electric. Like everybody from the sideline to the field, like the energy was just so great. And I think that that energy was what allowed us to never kind of break spirit despite being down by like four. And um, I don't know, it was a really good hard pot game. So let's talk a little bit about you. Um, are you a New England Patriots fan by any chance? I am. I'm from Foxborough. So that's right where the stadium is. So it's yeah, how far, growing how, up around the Patriots. How far away from the stadium are you? Oh, not far at all. I'm maybe like a 10 minute drive. I, I actually worked there all through uh, like my last two years of high school. <laughs> at the games? Yeah. Uh, no, I worked in a retail store um, at the shops at the stadium. Yeah. Patriot Place. It's uh, it's it's <laughs> if, if you've never been to 
where New England uh, plays its football games, where the Major League Soccer team plays over there. It's in the middle of like a gigantic, uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's like the world's biggest strip mall or something like that. It has every kind yeah. of uh, store imaginable. It's got a little, a lot of good places to eat too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely opened up a lot more restaurants in recent years than have been there in the past. It's, it's like a fun little spot now. It's, it's on the come up. <laughs> So what do you think? I mean, uh, were you a Tom Brady fan, and uh, or you know, Belichick needs uh, he's he's past his expiration date, or what's the deal now with the Patriots? No, I don't think Belichick will ever pass his expiration date. I think I think Brady did, but I I was a big Brady fan while he's with the Pats, obviously, but I wasn't a big fan of his uh, actions post Patriots. I mean, I was I was happy for him when he got that last Super Bowl uh, with the Bucks, but I mean, I don't know. I think I think he got a little. A little cocky and uh, he probably should have played that extra season after he, he retired but it is what it is <laughs> so how did you get into playing lacrosse and what else did you play when you were younger uh, i got into playing lacrosse through my dad he played i think he like walked on in college um and then he just uh coached for a long time but he coached men's and then he had three daughters so and he started uh learning the women's game and coaching his three girls all through youth and then uh up and now he, he coaches my youngest sister uh who's in high school she's a senior in high school he's coaching or assistant coaching her high school team right now um so yeah I, I started playing because uh of him and you know I, I've uh he's always been like my big driver for why I play and uh why I wanted to play in college where did where did he go to school and where did he end up coaching men's across uh, he went to St. Mike's College, and he co only coached high school, but uh, he coached at his – he's a assistant principal, but I think back then he was a English teacher, and he coached at Braintree High, the uh, boys' team there, and uh, they, they had a really successful run uh, while he was coaching there, and then obviously he switched to the girls' game, um, but he still is coaching club and high school, and he just loves it and has kind of – inspired that love of the game in me and all three, me and my other two sisters. So, yeah. What would he say the biggest difference is between coaching boys lacrosse and girls lacrosse? Oh, I don't know. I think the girls lacrosse, it just, uh, I think there's a bit more maybe finesse in girls lacrosse. Like where like there's the eight meter and there's the 12 and there's like, like I think a lot more space to do like specific plays. Whereas like, I feel like men's lacrosse, like they shoot from so far out, and I don't know. It just like I feel like girls lacrosse is a, a prettier game. It's a more beautiful, like intricate game, in in my opinion. So I think like there's obviously a lot of differences in learning all the rules that are in women's lacrosse uh, that he had to learn. But I think uh, I think he likes coaching women's lacrosse. I, mean, I I love watching both, but I definitely prefer women's lacrosse. If you were going to make a rule change in women's lacrosse, what would it be? I mean, people always talk about shooting oh. space. Or talk, and you mentioned men being able to shoot from the outside. And, the, the, you know, the women's game has gotten so much more athletic. And the rules have tried to keep up with that. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think shooting space obviously is important for women's across, just where we don't have the same career uh, as men's across. And it's it's obviously pretty dangerous if, if you get, uh, if you're in the middle of someone who's going to rip it from like the 12 or the 8. Um, if you're in the line of fire there, that's pretty dangerous. Um, I don't know, a rule change. Well, forget um, a specific rule change, but just uh, 
you know, <laughs> you know if you, just as you see, the women's wow. game has gotten so much more athletic, and you have shooters now who are capable mm-hmm. of shooting. You know, yeah. what do you think of the rule that says that you know you basically have to get right next to the goal before you can shoot it because of you know the safety <laughs> factor? I, I mean, I guess the question is, do you think women should be wearing helmets? Oh, I mean, yeah, probably. I, I mean, it's definitely a dangerous game to not have a helmet. But I mean, I, I know a lot of teammates have gotten hit in the head pretty hard, and, and that's obviously really jarring. But I don't know. I, I think helmets would allow for uh, better play, like outside of the eight. But um, I don't know. It would almost. I don't know if I, I like that transition as much, though. I think I feel like I like the way that it's a bit more intricate and, like, you have to be a bit more strategic within the eight and around the eight. But I, I do think it'd be cool almost to, like, add, like, maybe, like, a two-point value if you're able to shoot it from outside the eight, like, without someone being in shooting space. I don't know. A shot like that. I think – isn't that in one of the pro leagues or, or am For I women? making that up? It might be no. I think that might be men's. <laughs> yeah, it's in the men's pro league. A two point shot. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the two point yeah. shot. By the way. Um, yeah. So what was your what was your path to Princeton like? Um. So I, uh, I don't know. Growing up, my dad always said like, "There's life after lacrosse." So as I was going through the recruiting process, um, I was looking only at you know schools that would bring me academic success as well, or or be a place where I could. Uh, really push myself academically and like succeed after college, you know, because the women's pro league obviously isn't as like much of a lucrative place to go after lacrosse. And um, and I've always either wanted when I was a high school, I either wanted to go into pre med or go into um, law school, and I wasn't sure which I wanted to do at that point in time. And I was between those two and wanted to go somewhere where I would be able to do both. And that's why liberal arts education at a school like Princeton was really ideal because I didn't really have to make that decision just yet. And I also knew that at Princeton, there's a practice block. So if I needed to take labs, if I did end up doing pre-med, then it wouldn't, this school wouldn't prohibit me from doing that. Whereas other schools that I had visited had said, oh, you can't be a nursing major, or you can't do this because it'll conflict with lab or with practice. So. Uh, it was good to to know that I could do whatever I wanted here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was never really expecting to go to Princeton because uh, they were doing really, obviously, it's it's a very high level Division One team. And, and uh, but when they reached out to me, obviously, you can't say no. So that was super exciting when I was getting recruited by uh, Coach Cook actually saw me at the New England Cup. And uh, after that, I started coming to prospect days and stuff. So it was, a, was definitely a really exciting process. So what did you decide to do next? Um, well, I, I, start, I started going to the prospect days and kind of hoping No, 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 no. I, no, I, went I, to mean, public, oh, I uh, mean, what are you going to do after you graduate? <laughs> oh, 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 I thought you said, what did I do? What did I do next? Um, uh, after graduation, I'm planning on going to law school. I've been working in uh, law the past two summers, internships. Uh, at in a law department at a tech and defense company out in San Diego. And that's where I'll be going after graduation as well. Um, and then I'll take two years to work, get more experience um, with legal work uh, and then and take the LSAT, study for the LSAT and take the LSAT and then apply to law schools and go in two years, ideally. So your Princeton experience, like everybody else in your uh, group, is was 
you know, greatly impacted by the pandemic. Uh, one of the things for you is that you're now graduating with a much different group of people than you envisioned you would be graduating with. What has that been like, uh, you know, for to have a different group of now classmates and just the whole experience getting through the pandemic and then being able to get back and have a, a normal college experience to finish out? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a bit bittersweet. Um, I because I was super close with my original class, and then well, still am. Um, so it's been nice to get to, uh, get closer with a different group of girls that you know I didn't come into the school with. It, it is a little sad sometimes to think that I'm not going out with who I came in with. But uh, the way the team has worked, like our culture, has really like mingled all of our classes together to a point where it's like you don't really think about the class division so much. Um, so it's just exciting to get to uh, have formed new connections with people and uh, get to graduate with a new group of girls. And, you know, I, I didn't take the gap year largely because I knew I wanted to go to law school. And, you know, I don't, that's not something I don't want to put off my life. You know, I, I wanted to be able to um, go and, and get life experience and go and because I don't want to be in law school when I'm like 30. So I, uh, I wanted to, you know, keep going and, uh, and uh, continue on with that, but that was a large part of it, at least. Um, so yeah, it, it's been good, and it's uh, it's exciting. I'm I'm excited to um, get to finish out this year with everybody, and hopefully uh, end the season on a good note. And uh, yeah, how's your how's your thesis going? It's going well. I've uh, I'm at about like eighty five pages right now, so I only have like about 15 left maybe maybe a little less uh What's to write i i'm writing on major film corporations in uh hollywood during the golden age of hollywood through the rights revolution and the ways through which they evaded the legal system and it's a, a, this the effects of this evasion on women and female contact workers specifically and just kind of like how this lack of legal culpability had uh, particularly detrimental effects on female uh, content players. Well, that sounds pretty interesting. I want to wish you luck on finishing that up and congratulate you on uh, your upcoming graduation. I want to thank you for taking some time to be with yeah. us as well and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. For head coach Jen Cook and for senior Megan Kern, I'm Jerry Price. I want to thank you for joining us each week on the Princeton Laxcast and thank you for your continued support of Princeton Women's Lacrosse.